It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle one, the package is being delivered. Who are you going to call when you are one of the greatest multi-billion dollar cybersecurity firms in the world, known for investigating breaches into governments and major corporations, when you're hacked? Sarah, FireEye is down hard here in the after hours, saying that it was breached by suspected nation-state hackers who acted, they say, clandestinely using methods that counter security tools and forensic examination. It says working with the FBI in this ongoing now investigation. Well, in the case of FireEye, known for being staffed by ex-intelligence and doing the forensics on massive hacks, they came out and responsibly disclosed that it had been breached. It's big news in the hacking world, and with me today is Motherboard reporter Joseph Cox to break down what happened and why it matters. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So Joseph, <laughs> Mandiant, FireEye, I mean, this is like one of the most powerful multi-billion dollar cybersecurity companies in the world. I mean, this is the type of company that huge corporations, people with money who get hacked, call. And they themselves got hacked. Yeah, so FireEye, these are the guys, as you say, that if you're a government entity that's been hacked, if you're a private corporation that's been hacked, you may call up FireEye to come and investigate what was stolen, how it was stolen, uh, and potentially who was behind it as well. Uh, I mean, FireEye has been pretty forthcoming with details of this breach. They publicly announced it on Tuesday uh, in a filing and in a blog post as well. Um, they said that the seemingly pretty sophisticated hackers um, were pretty targeted towards getting government-related data, although they don't say which governments those were, but also that the hackers made off with FireEye's so-called red team tools. And, you know, these are internal hacking tools that FireEye would use in their own operations to simulate the attacks of a real hacking group. So, you know, if I'm a private corporation, I want to make sure that my defenses are secure, I may hire FireEye who will then use their red team tools to check those defenses. Uh, and now it seems that at least some of those tools have been taken and they are now in the hands of this other real hacking uh, organization. So j just briefly, what is a red team exactly? And why is it so significant that a red team and its tools were, were, were stolen from it? Yeah, so red team is on the offensive side, blue team is on the defense side, and then increasingly in the past few years, you have pur so-called purple teams, which, you know, are across between the two. Uh, the blue team is going to be, you know, making sure that their defenses are up to scratch, everything's updated, all of their system architecture is as, is as secure as possible. The red team's job is to test those defenses, to go in and offensively try to break into them, find any vulnerabilities, and ultimately, you know, help the company then fix those issues. They're not going in to literally steal data or literally, you know, wipe servers. They're going in to test those defenses, write up a report, and then help the client. And that may be a private corporation, or it could be a government as well. Uh, entities may have internal red teams. You know, Facebook has its own red team. Plenty of companies do, but others don't. And you may hire FireEye or another similar company to do that sort of thing. So those tools that would be using those tests, that is what the hackers uh, in this case seem to have gotten away with. And the types of individuals that FireEye and Mandiant, that they hire, where do they come from? Do they come from the intelligence community? 
Yeah, so there's plenty of ex-Intel people in FireEye. And then FireEye, when it comes to their, their clients and their customers, they've been involved in investigating the Sony breach. A devastating hack, crippling one of the world's most powerful entertainment studios. Sony Pictures Entertainment tells CNN it's still investigating what it calls a very sophisticated cyber attack. There was the Anthem one as well. I mean, there's a pretty good chance that when there is a significant uh, breach of any sort, you know, corporate or government, potentially FireEye is going to be in there uh, providing the support and figuring out what happened exactly. Uh, you know, which kind of goes to show that they're probably in a good place to figure out what happened to their own systems uh, when they were breached. So I guess it's worth saying that if you have a red team that has created internal tools to you know, help test various capabilities and and help companies that have been breached, that those tools themselves are pretty significant and, and pretty useful. So who would want them? Yeah, it's a good point. So now that these red team tools are ostensibly in the hands of someone else who isn't, you know, a nice playing by the rules red team, they could theoretically go and use them for their own means. Uh, they could try and use them to break into systems. They could try and use them to, you know, get other company intrusions. Uh, but FireEye has released you know, a wide range of methods and tools to help other companies detect these. FireEye said there's no, they haven't seen any evidence of their, of their stolen tools actually being used now subsequently in real hacks, but the tools are out there to try um, and detect them. And of course, there, there's an obvious parallel here with the Shadow Brokers. You know, several years ago, this self-described group of hackers uh, somehow managed to get a load of really powerful uh, hacking tools and exploits uh, from the NSA. Uh, they were they publicly released those tools, and they were subs subsequently deployed in real hacking attacks. You know, North Korean hackers took the NSA dumped tools and then used them in the large scale WannaCry um, ransomware attack. Um, this obviously there are parallels there, but it's not exactly the same here. These red team tools stolen from FireEye. As far as we know, they haven't been publicly dumped. As far as we know, they haven't been used in the wild um, as of yet. And these um, FireEye ones, according to the company, didn't include so-called zero-day exploits, you know, these very powerful exploits which rely on, uh, rely on vulnerabilities that Microsoft or Apple or whoever don't know about at the time of manufacture. Uh, but that's not to say that these tools couldn't cause a problem. You know, at least maybe if someone got hold of them, they could pick them up and use them for their own means. Uh, if this hacking party, which the Wall Street Journal and uh, Washington Post and some other uh, New York Times as well, I believe, have reported maybe Russian intelligence, they could then use them for their own gains as well, potentially. Is there any like any indication as to what these tools were meant for? Like, have they said that it has to do with any type of particular software or is this just something that they're not disclosing? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think they've been that granular uh, when it comes to them saying what the actual capabilities of the tools are themselves. That being said, with FireEye's release of these various methods to detect um, the FireEye Red Team tools in the wild, other cybersecurity researchers from other companies or independent uh, researchers have started going through those and finding, you know, novel things. So even if 
we don't necessarily know how exactly the FireEye Red Team tools work at this point in time, there's definitely going to be information as people continue to dig into them, which could actually damage FireEye in some way. You know, they are, they essentially had to burn in some way their own tools. You know, they had to come out and say, well, this is how you detect our tools, so please please be on the lookout for them. Um, and of course, they did that from a cybersecurity perspective. They did that to protect not only their own customers, but generally uh, targets around the world who may end up getting um, these tools deployed against them. But they, they kind of had to shoot themselves in the foot, essentially. Now, obviously, FireEye is this massive multi-billion dollar cybersecurity firm and has you know, a ton of cash for being, you know, attracting ex-intelligence people to its ranks. It helps corporations. But it isn't the only one that's ever been hacked before of its type, has it? Right, yeah. Kaspersky, you know, the, the primarily Russian um, cybersecurity firm has also been hacked. RSA was hacked where they produced, um, you know, hardware security tokens that let you more securely log in. And they were famously um, hacked, and data related to that was stolen. Um, this is in in this day and age, anyone can be hacked. It can be you know a cybersecurity vendor, it can be a government entity, it can be a cybersecurity uh, company that works for government entities. But what really defines um, a company is not whether they're breached or not. We have to assume that's going to happen. What defines them is how they actually respond to that breach. And at least in this case, ostensibly uh, with this announcement, it seems that FireEye handled it somewhat well, coming out, describing the breach in some detail. There's still some questions, but some detail. And releasing these tools and methods to you know, detect the red team tools potentially in the wild. I mean, they released it in a blog post, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. This is public. It's very forthright. Uh, again, there are still going to be questions, but as far as breach disclosures go, um, this is probably one of the better the better ways to go about it. Which is not to say that you know that everybody is acting necessarily with the purest of motivations. Of course, it's, it's going to, a, a breach disclosure is always going to be complicated. Of course, it might be better uh, for your company image to do it, but then also it could be better for defending networks of your customers or others as well. It's complicated, but it looks like they they took a pretty transparent approach here. And in the blog post, did they mention working with authorities and disclosing to authorities what had happened? Uh, they didn't go into great detail, but then subsequently the FBI did issue a statement suggesting that they are investigating as well, which of course is not a surprise. You know, this is a sophisticated intrusion into an American company. Uh, of course, the FBI is going to be investigating on that. Um, but that's all we really, really know uh, at this point. It's still super early when it comes to this breach. Now, the question everyone's going to ask, and I know this delves into the realm of speculation, and you know we're not always we're not always wanting to do that on cyber. But you know, like I said uh, many times, this is a multi-billion-dollar cybersecurity company with a lot of power. There's only so many people that can target them and actually breach them. And I know that the Washington Post and New York Times have already said that. It was nation state led, but I guess the question is, how do we know it was a nation state or why is there any speculation towards it being a nation state that was responsible for this hack? Sure. So in FireEye's own blog post, um, they didn't name the suspected um, nation state, but they did say that sort of the attack and the tools were, you know, specifically tailored, paraphrasing uh, to what they said, specifically tailored to break into FireEye. So that would suggest, you know, it's not some run of the run of the mill malware campaign. It is a, you know, persistent 
uh, threat against that organization deliberately changing their tactics to break into a specific company. And, you know, nation states are one of the entities or types of entity that would be able to do that. So that's sort of the main thrust that you get from the FireEye uh, blog post. Then Washington Post, New York Times, as you say, they specifically, their reporting says uh, potentially Russian intelligence. We don't have any of our own reporting on that at this time, uh, but that is what those outlets are reporting um, as well. And I guess I would just add that the FireEye blog post, it did say that the attackers, whoever they may be, were particularly interested, it seems, in getting data on government customers. It doesn't say Mm. whether that was the US government, doesn't say it was any other sort of government, Mm. but that implies sort of at least some form of motivation for what they were trying to get. It doesn't say, you know, that they were broken into specifically to steal the red team tools. They just said they were stolen. So perhaps that's only what the hackers got access to and then they stole them. But it seems like the hackers at least wanted to get more, even if they didn't necessarily uh, manage to obtain that information in the end. And, you know, from targets and from suggestions of what sort of information a hacker group is trying to get you can start to try to figure out potentially some motivations but again it's still it's still early days well i think ending the podcast on the whodunit of a major breach is the way that we should call this one a day (laughs) yeah sounds good thanks joseph thank you Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Lorenzo. Hello, Benjamin. How are you doing? I would rather, I wish we weren't doing Cypher. I could literally do an hour of talking shit to you because my boys Juventus beat Barcelona, but we're not going to get to that. We're going to go straight into the the things we actually get paid for. How's that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So um, first off, actually, this this is kind of, this is up your alley, my friend. Yes, uh, Joseph and I uh, last week uh, wrote about this company called Circles, uh, which uh, had already gained some notoriety in uh, you know in our circles and on the press uh, because they they've been claiming for years that they can uh, track and locate anyone in the world just using uh, their cell phone numbers. So this company essentially, which is like a highly fucked up thing to claim, can I just say? Anyway, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fucked up, but that's how <laughs> they're probably getting a lot of customers because uh, yeah. their their market is government government agencies and law it's enforcement just like, agencies. Hey, everyone, we're creepy as hell. Buy our stuff. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that probably works very well if you mm-hmm. go to you know FBI, 
uh, police departments all over the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and what's new here is that Citizen Lab, uh, our friends at Citizen Lab, who have been doing incredible work uh, tracking this whole industry for a decade now, um, were able to find out a bunch of countries where Circles has deployments. So essentially, Citizen Lab claims that uh, by using some magic trickery that they they used, they were able to find out where Circles clients are. And we're talking about you know some usual suspects like Mexico, Saudi Arabia, uh, but also uh, European countries like Denmark and Belgium, and other like you know huge huge developing countries like Thailand. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting stuff, and yet another sign that the surveillance industry is alive and well. It's very alive and well. Uh, it, it's we've been. I mean, how long have we been? I've been reporting on it since like 2014, 2013. You're, you're, I mean, you're obviously a cyber guy now, but that's, that's been a long, you've been going at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think Citizen Lab were really among the first ones to, to write about this stuff and to, you know, use like academic uh, and technical, um, an academic and technical approach to track, uh, the likes of you know hacking team, Finn Fisher, NSO, mm-hmm. and Circle is just another one. Uh, I guess they're what distinguishes them is that their specialty is really uh, SS7 location. And for those who don't know, SS7 is a cell phone sort of like a legacy cell phone network technology that was designed to make it easier for for people to roam. So you know, for people to travel to different countries and still use their cell phones. And it's completely un- unauthenticated and insecure. So if you have access to this network, you can locate anyone. And that's what Circle does. And they are part of NSO now. Oh, God. Uh, NSO, a friend of the show, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, come, come on cyber. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so this next one, I mean, this is the great Sam Cole. She's, I think she does some of the most spectacular reporting on... I mean, the internet porn industry, is there any other type of porn industry now other than internet porn? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're literally buying porn like a pilgrim off of the Mayflower. I think maybe you're, <laughs> you're being duped. But um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a big one for me as a Canadian. We, I've known this for years that Pornhub is based in Montreal. I've even had friends who've written scripts for Pornhub. <laughs> it's, big, yeah, it's, it's, a big, it's a job. It's a job for English speaking uh, writers in Montreal. But uh, I mean, this is a huge policy shift. So it's 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 announced because it's been under a lot of scrutiny for child porn being online because people just kind of freely upload it onto Pornhub, and it announced that it's banning downloads and restricting uploads uh, and expanding its content moderation efforts. Which, by the way, this comes on the heels of uh, Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada saying that he was going to put some pressure on Pornhub. Uh, if, to do this because, you know, people were saying this, the fact that we have, you know, a, a government that is, that is or in Canada that is trying to be a, a feminist government that is, you know, really taking this, those types of steps forward is allowing a company like Pornhub to do what it does. Yeah, this is, as you said, this is a great story uh, from Sam. And, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that she is responsible for some of this uh, change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At least just by, you know, being relentless in her coverage of non-consensual mm-hmm. imagery and videos. You know, what used to be called revenge porn, which is a very flawed term, but and still popular. 
Um, and yeah, as you said, Pornhub essentially caved and finally accepted that they have res- they are responsible for the stuff that it's on their platforms, especially because you know they are literally one of the biggest websites in the world. And it mm-hmm. was pretty appalling that you know until now their stance was like, well, you know, we only provide the platform, people can upload whatever, we are not responsible for the content, and you know this resulted in you know, child exploitation, mm-hmm. um, non-consensual videos being uploaded, you know, thousands and thousands of women, mostly, you know, obviously mostly women being victimized by angry exes or whatever, or, and, you know, in, in some cases, even more systematic and even worse stuff like, uh, you know, porn companies um, uploading stuff that they were not, allow, uh, you know, authorized to upload, so it's, you know, this is a great step in the right direction and yeah, great news. And, you know, as usual, great job by Sam. Yeah, Sam putting the pressure. We, we at Motherboard, we pressure everyone to do the right thing, whether it's Congress, Pornhub, or the NSA. Yep, that's what we're here for. <laughs> we are the shit. And so congrats, Sam. Now this next story, cue the music. No, you're not supposed to do that. Oh. You're supposed to let it happen. It used to be my Jesus. cell phone uh, ringtone. Yeah, you know, well, you know, you got to, this is like, is this your first rodeo? <laughs> like, how many times have <laughs> you been on the show? You're still doing that. What's I was wrong hoping, with you? I was hoping anyway, to Anyway, zip in. it. Start that zit. So, yeah, this is, uh, I, uh, I, I'm trying to think if, if I just want this story to be true. <laughs> I re- yeah, same. I, just, I, mean, I want is... it to be true. Whether it is true, I, I don't know. But the gist of it is that an ex-space, like an ex-head of Israeli space program came out and said there's an intergalactic federation of countries along with aliens that has prevented nuclear war on planet Earth. And that aliens are like waiting to reveal their existence to the world. Of which he offers like zero evidence to this interview he gave to a, a, a newspaper in Israel. I mean, this is that's just amazing. I just hope it's true. I, I don't believe it is, but wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, this Basically, be MIB, absolute, it is Men in the Black. Men in Black exists. <laughs> yeah, this would be absolutely amazing. You know, like the central claim of the story and of this guy's interview is that, you know, there's this sort of like mysterious, uh, obscure uh, alien group that's been uh, conspiring with uh, governments, uh, you know, mostly the biggest governments in the world. And, and, and yeah, playing essentially peacekeeper. Uh, but my favorite thing is that he claims um, he claims that the only reason why we don't know about this is because the aliens have essentially embargoed <laughs> this information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all waiting for we're all waiting for the scoop. Like, come yeah, on, yeah. man! The, the aliens have a PR agency that told yeah. you know the U.S. government, including Trump, by the way. Like, one one of his claims is that Trump uh, really wanted to reveal this, but. But the aliens was like, please do not talk, which is that's literally the that's most maybe the realest. Claim. That's that's maybe the realest part of the story. But uh, I mean, to honestly, me, it's the most my, unbelievable. Who, who can listen, convince Trump not to talk? Like, yeah, we listen, we've both done a lot of reporting on secretive elements of the world. And my policy on secrets is they don't last. <laughs> Something like this. Somebody rats. Last. Somebody says some shit. You know, it's, it's that's why I always think like the conspiracy of aliens, as much as I want it to be true, I actually think it's scarier. Like. Whatever those glowing orb things are, it's terrifying. That is like the fact that nobody knows about it. That's that's scary. That scares me because I, I think it's scarier than like a conspiracy of an intergalactic alien federation. Yeah, what the fuck are the Raytheons yeah, like, and Lockheed Martins of the world yeah. up to? 
That's what I want exactly. to know. Exactly. What are the glowing orbs that everyone are afraid of? Because I'm afraid of them. I don't know what they are, but they're terrifying. I do want to believe, though. I want to believe. Oh, I want to believe. Oh, my God. I want to believe. I might watch an alien movie tonight. All right, Lorenzo. Uh, that was good. It's good to have you on. Uh, Forza Juve. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, Ben. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.